Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by OmniFocus. Learn more at OmniFocus.com. What we realized was, well, you interact with your contacts every day. You're actually using your contacts. Now, you may not realize you're using your address book, but you are, right? When you go into messages or you go into mail and there's autocomplete and all these things, they generally filter back to the address book. So what we wanted to do was create some actions so you could actually use your contacts and interact with your contacts. Welcome back to iPad Pros. As you heard at the top of this episode, I'm pleased to welcome the very first sponsor to iPad Pros, and that is OmniFocus. As many of you know, OmniFocus is my favorite task manager for iPad, and I love all the other Omni Group apps. So I'm really happy to have them as a sponsor as they build applications that I love and know you'll get a lot of value out of as well. The Omni Group was one of the very first major developers to go all in on the iPad back in 2010. It's fun to go back and read the iPad or Bust blog post Ken Case wrote on January 29th, 2010, to read about their original commitment to the iPad. And they haven't slowed down. They're going to be supporting multiple windows in all of their iPadOS apps this fall. You'll hear more about OmniFocus a little later in this episode. On this episode is an interview I did with Michael Simmons about CardHop. This is the app to get for those that want to step up from the built-in contacts app. As you'll hear in the episode, the app was built to solve real problems managing contacts on iOS. The parser engine is especially powerful, and the actions there remind me in many ways of Quicksilver on the Mac, which is pretty powerful. Without further ado, here's my interview with Michael from Flexibits about CardHop. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Michael. Thanks. Appreciate you having me back. So I want to have you on to talk about CardHop, which, how long has it been? Has it been a year, or how long has it been out now? Well, so we've had the Mac version. The Mac version came first, and the Mac version actually came out in 2017. The funny thing was, is I was going to say last year, but yeah, it's been a while, October 2017. So it's almost two years old, the Mac version. The iOS version, and obviously the iPad version, came out this past March 2019. Okay. And what's the goal of CardHop, and why create it when you have the Contacts app? Yeah, so when Fantastical was originally created back about almost, believe it or not, 10 years ago, one of the other things at the time that I was also frustrated with was contacts. And things have changed drastically in 10 years or even seven years when, you know, or eight years when CardHop finally came out uh, two years ago. But we've been actually working on CardHop almost since 10 years ago. It's kind of been on and off due to prioritizing Fantastical and also due to not being able to solve problems. There were specific problems we wanted to solve and we'd solve a bunch and then be like, oh, we should also do this and da-da-da-da-da. So it definitely was a journey to get it right. But the short answer is... We wanted to make contacting better. Contact apps prior to CardHop were basically databases that were boring, kind of hard to find what you wanted to find, just really not fun, if you will, or not fast. And we wanted to change that. We wanted a way that we could use our parsing engine and a better user interface to make finding and interacting and editing and adding your contacts more fun and better. Awesome. Yeah. And one of the main things I've noticed with just using the contacts app is how poor the groups integration is. Just creating a group is such a pain in Apple's main app. What's your approach in CardHop to groups? And you have smart groups as well. How does that all work? Yeah. So we took a little bit of a different approach with groups on iOS just because we view the desktop as sort of the productivity platform. And then we view the 
iPhone as mobile, you're on the go, and then the iPad is, of course, portable. Now, the iPad is starting to blur the line. It always is kind of, in my opinion, blurred the line of productivity, desktop, uh, powerful machine. But there is definitely a different level of interaction and focus. So on Mac, we have full smart groups. We have where you can create all of the items you want and criteria and everything gets found. But what we've done with iOS is we've taken a little bit of a different approach. What you've created on Mac will sync to your iOS devices. So if you've already created a smart group with all of this crazy criteria, you can do that on your Mac. It'll sync to your iOS devices. But what we've done with iOS is we've introduced smart group templates, which are basically predefined smart groups that we think and what we've heard people want. And that way you can just quickly add a smart group and you're done. You don't have to sit there and think about the criteria or the ones that you probably want. And now Mac, of course, has the templates as well. Gotcha. And the smart groups on iOS are very handy. You have this amazing birthday feature, and one of the smart groups is just letting you find the people that you need to fill in that information with. Right, exactly. And back to the goal of like, you know, we were talking about the goal of Cardhop. We really want to make it much more powerful than what the built-in contacts apps, or really there's no other third-party contacts apps out there that I think or that I know are as rich as ours are in terms of searching and all of the powerful features that you need to get what you want when you want. At the end of the day, the goal is to get you the data you want when you want it. That's always been our mission. Yeah, and with the birthdays, you have that data and in your app, you actually say this person is 35 years old, so you don't have to do the math in your head. Exactly. We're trying to take all this data. So everyone has all this contact info, but then they never do anything with it. Like you meet someone or you have a friend or you have uh, someone you want to work with or whatever, and you put their stuff in and then you never really deal with it again. It's just kind of in a black box, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted to take that black box and instead of just having it be, again, this database that just always is kind of sitting there, but you never do anything with it give you the tools and the interface to make you go, oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, that birthday's there. Oh, and he is 35. Oh, and it is in three days. Okay, and oh, I can also send him a quick message, and etc. Yeah, and then another thing I really appreciate is the way sorting works in your app. So if you have a contact, you can see all the contacts at X company or all the people in a certain part of the country. It sorts it really smartly, and a contact can exist in multiple places in the sort. That's right, and... Our sorting is also filtering at the same time, and that's very powerful, right? Because you can sort by first name or you can sort by last name or whatever, but you also can filter, right? So if you're only looking at sort by company, then you're only looking at things with companies, and that's another nice way for you to find what you're looking for. And then I noticed there's this business card feature, and this is for your own business cards for sharing. Is that kind of the idea behind it? Yeah. So the idea was that you know business cards, information that you want to share of your own to someone has always been kind of a pain. And I know when the iPhone first came out, there were actually some pretty cool apps. I don't know if you remember, there were ones that you could bump your iPhone. Even some of the older original phones would have like through IR sharing and all this stuff. Like there's just, there was just cool ways to share business cards and it kind of just died. What I noticed is when someone's looking for information, like they want my phone number, my email, what do you got to do? You got to either give it to them or they got to create a card or they got to email or whatever, right? There's all these like stupid processes to get your information to someone else. We wanted to create a very beautiful, easy and fast business card. And I feel like we did. And in the latest version of CardUp, which we just shipped for iOS, we actually have multiple business cards, which is great because now you can create one for home, one for work, one maybe that just has a certain email. Let's say you're at a trade show and you really don't want to give one, maybe one with fake information that's a bogus (laughs) business card. But I'm saying it's very flexible in that you can create these business cards and then you can quickly share them. And what we've done is we've done two ways of sharing them. One is through the regular share sheet. So you can do things like email or message or whatever. And the other way is 
through a QR code. And what's nice about the QR code is the QR code's on your card. It doesn't share all the data because obviously a QR code can't hold that much data. But what it can do is let you share at least the fields that are visible on the card. And then basically someone with an Android device or any other device can basically get your card just by taking a photo of it. It just shows up as the business card and is ready to add it to business cards. Most camera apps and iOS has it and Android has it is it will read that QR code and then automatically say, oh, this is a business card with this information. Should I add it? And then as I was digging more into this app, the thing that I really didn't catch the power of based on just the description in the app store was the actions that you've built into this. It really reminds me of back when I used Quicksilver on the Mac, doing the large type and being able to see this in large font and all these other actions. Can you kind of explain the actions and the idea behind them? Yeah, so one of the things with Card Hop, as I mentioned to you earlier, we really wanted to get it right. And one of the things as we were developing it over all these years was, okay, we had kind of adding down, we had editing down, we had browsing down. We had all these things down, but it just never felt right to us in the sense of like, Okay, great. It's, a, it's another contacts app. And what we realized was, well, you interact with your contacts every day. You're actually using your contacts. Now, you may not realize you're using your address book, but you are, right? When you go into messages or you go into mail and there's autocomplete and all these things, they generally filter back to the address book. So what we wanted to do was create some actions so you could actually use your contacts and interact with your contacts so we started thinking about the actions we'd want. We got some extra cool ones, including like copy and large text and directions. And yeah, there's a long list of actions and off we went. And of course, because we have our great parsing engine, they could be done through the parser. And then of course, we also have user interface actions where you can swipe and then you know get some quick actions that you can quickly act on those actions. And you can also add actions as keyboard actions in kind of the, the virtual keyboard right above in that kind of shortcut bar? Exactly. We have like the one tap. Those are the quick actions as well. And you can actually customize right above the input quick action. So that way, instead of having to type, let's say, FaceTime audio every time or FaceTime or whatever you're going to type as your action, you can one touch tap that and it'll auto insert that word for you ready to go. Okay, nice. And what kind of actions do you find yourself using most of the time on a day-to-day basis? Tends to be email, uh, message, you know, uh, sending an iMessage or messages and and um, call, believe it or not. And we, we actually do a really cool thing with our calling function. So we don't have a dial pad and people have been asking us for a dial pad, which I understand why. But the irony is, is you don't need the dial pad. You can just tap the phone numbers directly into the card hop input field and that will dial the phone number. You don't even need to tap tap call. You could just tap, you know, 555-1212 and it will be ready to make a phone call. It's interesting that people are looking for a user interface that isn't even necessary. That's how fast card hop is. And one of the prompts you get in card hop is you can open a website. And does that website need to be in a existing contact card or can that be... Uh, you just type in, you know, apple.com and it'll open it up. No, we're not like some of the actions we do where we do like generic actions like call, we're doing that, but we're not looking to become a full, a full launcher to do everything. Right. That just, just on the call function, because that of course is a kind of a phone function, which we relate to contacts. Yeah. And something I've noticed in using the iPad OS beta is how incredibly useful this app is as one of the slide over apps that you're able to just have as one of your little mini iPhone apps that you slide over to. There's a feature within CardHop that upon opening the app, it'll actually pull up the kind of action interface to just type in a, a request. Right. And is this something that you think will kind of be a big use of this app with iPadOS becoming kind of a utility app that kind of lives there for 
doing all these kind of quick actions. Yeah, I mean, generally, we don't comment on future development just because it usually bites us and kicks us in the butt. But what I will say to you is, is, you know, as you know, I'm sure from the past, we're very deep into the OS. We like to support everything there is that makes things better and more enhanced. And we're certainly excited about iPad OS. Excellent. And keyboard shortcuts, is that something that's integrated into card hop or yeah yeah yeah, for sure yeah keyboard shortcuts are definitely something important to us we have keyboard shortcuts for switching tabs searching performing actions making edits definitely we have rich keyboard shortcuts as you know you can just hold down the command key and see the list of shortcuts yep and then siri shortcuts it's changing a bit with ipad os can you kind of explain how they currently work and if you do have any insights as to what shortcuts the next version will entail for card hop that'd be great as well so Siri shortcuts in card hop is basically meant to help you quickly interact with your most commonly used contacts. So you can create Siri shortcuts per contact, and this is very powerful. So let's say I take your contact, for example, and in your contact, I want to create a Siri shortcut for your birthday or your Twitter name or whatever. You can start to get very granular on what kind of Siri shortcuts you create. You can also do things like show all upcoming birthdays or create a new contact, or show my business card. It's very, very flexible. And we are obviously looking at all of the new stuff in iPad OS already, and we already have some great ideas. Excellent. Yeah, because there are like variables, and you can do everything within Siri now, which is going to be great. Yeah, exactly. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by OmniFocus. In this quick break, I want to share one of my favorite features in OmniFocus. It's forecast view. It tells you what you need to do next. In case you don't know about OmniFocus is a great app for managing everything you have to do at work and in your life. It's great on iPad, and it's also great on iPhone, Macintosh, and the web. Here are the basics of how it works. You add actions, the things you need to do, and organize them into projects. You can add tags for another level of organization. And you can add due dates and defer dates. Then you can go to the forecast view, and you can see everything planned for today. You can also see what's past due, and you can see what's coming up for tomorrow, the next day, and so on. Since you can see what's coming up, you can plan better. Too many things scheduled for today or not enough. Make some changes quickly and easily. And since the forecast view also includes what's on your calendar, you can make sure you're not overbooked. Once you've finished planning and you're doing things, you can use the forecast view as your to-do list. This takes some of your stress away. Just do the next thing and the next and so on. The forecast view is one of many places where OmniFocus really shines. You add your to-do items to the app and the app remembers everything and arranges it all for you while still letting you easily adjust things when necessary. It's the streamlined way to work. To learn more, go to OmniFocus.com and download your 14-day free trial. Thanks again to OmniFocus for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Learn more at OmniFocus.com. As far as the share sheet, what can you do with CardHop? I know that it is in the share sheet. Yeah, so let's say you have a contact, for example, in Safari, or there's some kind of information that you have and you go to share. If you go into CardHop, what'll happen is it'll take that text and paste it in ready to create a new contact with. Okay, and then I do notice there's also a feature within CardHop that recognizes if say a phone number is in your clipboard, when you open up card hop, it'll recognize you got a phone number. Yeah, exactly. And we try to do a great job at filtering that. So it's not just everything in your clipboard. Otherwise, that wouldn't be handy, right? So we are looking for things like names or addresses or phone numbers or websites or things like that. So if you copied like the contents of a a big, long 
or I guess not super long, but a fairly sizable, I guess, biography or something, it could pull out the name and phone number or something from that and uh, help you create a contact from that. Yeah. Now, just to be clear, it wouldn't in the background do all that. It would just paste in whatever you selected yep. and what you're sharing. But yeah, then it would it would do its best to parse out of that, you know, just like as if you were typing in regular. Gotcha. And then there's a number of third-party messaging services you integrate with. How do those integrations work? Like if I added you in Skype within CardHop, how would that work? Yeah. So let's say I have your Skype number and I want to call you. If I type, you know, Skype Tim and you're my only Tim, then it would open up Skype with your Skype address and get ready to go. We do like to, we want to in, incorporate as many third-party services as we can, but some of them simply just don't have API or simply don't work. What we've integrated is obviously what we use or what we can, but just to be clear, if there's something missing, it might be that they don't have a third-party API or it doesn't work properly. But yeah, I mean, the way they work is just the same way that iMessage works or Messages works. Enter a name, as long as there's a variable for that service, it will then open that app and start initiate whatever it can with that person. Okay. And then the built-in spotlight feature with an iOS, what kind of data are you from CardHop able to provide to that and or action something that you could eventually put in there? Or is that kind of a step too far for what spotlight is? So to be clear, we've always been a little, I don't want to say anti-spotlight, but we've always been a little cautious of spotlight because here's why. If you do a search and the system is returning information that's a little bit faster than what we can do because it's part, it's there. It's part of the system, right? Remember, we're sharing the same contacts database with the system. That's another beautiful feature of CardHop is you don't have to configure it. It's not like CardHop is a separate database, right? It's the same database as the system. We don't want to have two results that are confusing. We also don't want to have something where, for example, I don't know if you know, but third-party apps have to give a confirmation before you make a phone call. This is a little pain point of CardHop and we don't hide behind it. It's actually a feature, again, for security when you try to initiate a phone call with CardHop, you do get like a confirmation dialogue where with the system app, it just goes, right? Right. Although sometimes I wish there was a confirmation for the system app because sometimes you dial something and you didn't mean to dial it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the point is, is that with Spotlight specifically, we try not to like duplicate efforts because sometimes it's faster to actually just say, oh, the system's returned that already. Why would you then want to go into CardHop and use a different app? We really want the best user experience. And sometimes that's actually defaulting to the system return value of Spotlight. Gotcha. And you mentioned the shared database between the Contacts app and CardHop. Is there any data within CardHop that is unique to CardHop? Yeah, there's some. So, you know, things like the sort order, your favorites, some preferences, smart groups, as I mentioned. There are definitely settings and very cool card hop customizations that do sync between the versions if you have all of them. Okay, gotcha. And then with notes, there's this timestamp feature, but that's in that, that, of course, we get transferred back into the contacts app because it's just plain text, right? Exactly. We wanted to keep it that way because if we, you know, in the future, we possibly could see maybe building extra stuff on top of that. But the problem is, is then if it doesn't sync, with, let's say, a standard contacts app, then you kind of lose this stuff. And if you're, let's say, on the go and you're opening up iCloud.com or something, you kind of lose stuff. And that's not to say never, but right now what we're trying to do is really make it as seamless as possible. Since you did bring up the notes feature, I do want to say that's one of my favorite features simply because notes are normally so buried in contacts. And I feel like we did such a great job in terms of bringing the notes there persistently. They're always in your face. They're beautiful, easy to add. We have our timestamp feature and we encourage users to add notes because that ultimately makes your connections and contacts and relationships better. Yeah. No, notes are super handy and it's it's great the way it's implemented. As far as widgets, this is something that I think some developers will be needing to just 
think about with them always being in your face with iPad OS. Mm-hmm. Are there any rethinkings as far as the best way to go about widgets with iPad OS? So back to future development, uh, I'm really stern on not, you know, talking about future development. What I will say is, is we definitely like what iPad OS is doing. We definitely like in terms of what you just asked in terms of being aware of the fact that the, the widget dashboard is, is, you know, now persistent and different. Things are obviously also going to be changing, right? Because iOS 13 is not done. Who knows what they'll tweak or add or change, right? That's why we tend not to jump into something or release a beta or have like the new shiny right away is because we want to see what it's going to be like. We want to think about what we can put in. We're very deliberate. But again, just to answer your question, yeah, absolutely. We, we're, we're really, again, excited about iPad OS and we definitely want to take advantage of it as much as possible. And I will tell you, personally, I'm just a huge iPad fan, and we've got some amazing stuff for iPad going on in general. Like, there's nothing specific in terms of announcements, but just in general, just be aware we're very excited about the iPad. Excellent. That's that's good to hear. And something that I kind of discovered when using CardHop was directories, which... Can you kind of explain how these work? It kind of looks like I'm able to dive into my Google account and find all the contacts in there. Is that kind of, and then I'm able to easily import them into my main contacts app? Is that kind of how it's designed? Yeah. So basically what directories are is they're directory lookups and it can search for your contacts. We support Google contacts, G Suite and exchange global address lists. And what you do is you can add one of those directories, you know, you authenticate your account. And that's it. And then what happens is once those directories have been added, when you do a search from the main card hop input search field, those will be searched and they'll be returned. And it's really, really handy and powerful. Excellent. So yeah, you don't need to have everyone at your own company be in your personal contact app. Instead, they're just in the directory and not kind of muddying up everything. Yeah, exactly. Think of it as a way to search another scope without having to have all that data locally on your device or even synced within your iCloud account. as far as I know, you don't like to comment on future stuff, uh, merging contacts. Is that something you've had people ask about? Yeah, no, that, that's a fair one that I can comment on. Just n- not that we're working on it, but it is something, yes, people want it. We're thinking and we've thought about adding it. What I will say is this, Apple has support for merging contacts. Like if you go on the Mac, for example, and you go to one of the menus, I can't remember what it is. I want to say it's the card menu. There's like a look for duplicates. So there's already solutions for deduplicating. That's not to say we can't do it better, but if we do it, we want to do it in a great way. But it's something we're aware of. One of the things that's kind of interesting is we might make a smart group template where it would maybe always list duplicate contacts and that way then you could just manually kind of do it. But again, we want to do it. We feel like when we want to do it, we want to do it in a really, really, really special handy way. But there are other tools out there to do that. Gotcha. And then the templates feature. So this lets you kind of set up the information you're looking for when you add a new contact. Is this something that you came upon creating for your own use and the way you like to input data? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's not much more to say on that. But yeah, we're always looking for shortcuts and ways to make things faster. And the templates and just all of these features together just make everything faster. I guess the thing for templates that I really think is cool is especially on a mobile device like the iPhone. And again, on the iPad, I think iPad's portable. So you also do want to get going pretty quickly. You know, you go in, you add a smart group, these templates are ready to go. You know, contacts that don't have a birthday or contacts that only have notes or contacts that are missing a name. You know, what's some other ones? We have contacts that are a company only or contacts that aren't assigned to groups. These are the most common that we know of and that we feel, 
use scenarios. So that way you can quickly add these templates, these, these, these smart groups and you're ready to go. Very cool. And then anything else about card hop before we wrap it up that we didn't cover? No, I mean, the only thing I just wanted to point out that I don't know is maybe obvious is the biggest thing about card hop that I'm most excited about is that we do with one input field, adding, editing, searching, and interacting. And it literally knows what you want to do based upon what you've entered. And it literally is that magical. So if I enter Tim Smith and there's no Tim Smith, it knows I'm adding because it can't return a search result. So if I was searching, it would show me the search result, but it can't. So now it's not. If there was an existing Tim, I'd be probably adding or editing or trying to interact. So I can't. So now it knows I'm adding. If Tim Smith existed and I did Tim Smith 555-1212 and that phone number didn't exist, it would assume I'm adding it and so on and so forth. You can start to think about the logic flows, but it's really, really cool. I'm really, really excited about how we did it and how it worked out and how our users love it that one field does those four things all automatically, adding, editing, searching, and interacting with your contacts. And I think that's a huge time saver and huge feature of Card Hop in itself. Are you able to add notes from that search kind of field? No, we've played with that. And that is a feature that some people want. But the issue is, is let's say you did Tim and then mm-hmm. you entered a bunch of notes. Unfortunately, in those notes, in, in an input field, notes aren't really that efficient in an input field. You don't really get formatting. If you have certain things that have phone numbers or words, they might get misinterpreted. Sure, you can start adding delimiters or have syntax, but it just starts getting weird. If you think about it, you've never really seen notes or documents written from a command line. And and even though we've played with it again with certain delimiters or whatever, it just, it never felt right. So the way we see it is, is, you know, focus on what you can get right, which are phone numbers, addresses, birthdays, et cetera. Oh, speaking of birthdays, uh, we were talking about birthdays earlier. One of the features I wanted to touch on with birthdays that I think is very handy. And actually there's two features here that are handy is if you go into the birthdays view, you can swipe and delete the birthday from the card. So there's some people you might have birthdays for and it's reminding you of their birthday and you're like, you know, this is someone I haven't seen or this is someone I work with or I don't care, whatever. Well, in the past, to get rid of that birthday, you got to go into the card, you got to edit it, you got to look for the birthday field, you got to delete the birthday field and then you got to exit, right? It's a bunch of steps. Well, with Card Hop, you can actually just swipe and delete the birthday element only with one single swipe. Yeah, very handy. And I do have a crap ton of birthdays because back in the iOS, what was it, four or five days, you had the Facebook hook in back when Mm -hmm. we all thought that was okay. And I now have, you know, hundreds of birthdays thanks to that. Exactly. And that birthday deletion thing is just really fast and easy and something that I think a lot of users love. I know I love it. And then another cool little tip that's on the same theme is when you're in the regular contacts list, like if you go to the middle tab, I believe it's the middle tab, which shows all your contacts. If you swipe and delete, you can actually delete a contact with one swipe. Now, why is this important? Well, try deleting a contact card with the built-in contacts app. It's actually quite a bunch of steps and you have to scroll down to the bottom and it's it's not that easy. Now, we are cognizant that you may delete a contact super easy. Of course, we put up a dialogue to warn you you're going to do it. But it's still very fast to delete a contact. You know, so yeah, deleting the birthday element from the birthdays view and deleting a contact from the contacts view are actions that we make very quick. Excellent. And where can people find more information about Cardhop? Yeah, so they can go to flexibits.com, F-L-E-X-I-B-I-T-S.com, flexibits.com. And uh, they could check out Cardhop for iOS or Cardhop for Mac or, of course, Fantastical or Chatology. Great. Thank you so much, Michael, for your time today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks as well, Tim. Thanks for listening to this episode of iPros and to Michael for his time chatting about Card Hop. 
Thanks again to OmniFocus for sponsoring this episode. Visit OmniFocus.com to learn more. I've been using OmniFocus since 2008 when OmniFocus for iPhone was released, and now use it more than ever thanks to their awesome iPad version of the app. The Omni Group is a company that really does care about their users. One killer example of this is how they provide incredible upgrade pricing in the lockdown app store environment. Just last week, I re-downloaded the original Omni Grapple for iPad, and by installing that app I bought in April 2010, I'm able to upgrade to OmniGraffle 3 at a 50% discount for either the Standard or Pro Editions. It's not often you see a company provide this kind of support to purchases made almost a decade ago. Show your support of iPad Pros and the Omni Group by going over to OmniFocus.com and trying out my favorite task manager for iPad, OmniFocus. Thanks again to OmniFocus for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. You can send your feedback to me at iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. You can get additional content by supporting the Patreon at patreon.com slash iPadPros. Thanks again for listening.